Do you want to feel strong, confident, and ready to enjoy life? I'm Jen Shaver, a triple certified fitness expert and mother living her best midlife. I want to help you achieve a healthy, active lifestyle without ever having to go to the gym. We grow together every Monday, so be sure to subscribe and tune in to your weekly fit news. This episode of Fit News is sponsored by... Make wellness a priority in your life. Women's bodies face changes and fluctuations in hormones as they go through the cycle of menopause. Strong for Life offers an exercise program to help you invest in your future and health without crazy routines. We deliver the results you deserve from your time and effort. Go to strongforlifefitness.com to learn more. Now back to our show. Hello and welcome to Fit News. Today is all about low back pain. Low back pain is a massive problem for 80% of adults at some point in their life. It affects large numbers of women, especially those aged 45 through 60. Going through a perimenopausal period is associated with many symptoms, including low back pain. My guest today is Rachel Collins. Rachel has a doctorate in physical therapy and specialized in orthopedics and pregnancy postpartum rehab. She is also a pelvic health physical therapist and is able to perform internal exams to help better serve her patients with internal complaints. She's truly passionate about keeping moms moving pain-free, whether it's during pregnancy or long after. We know that you need to stay active to maintain a healthy lifestyle, and Rachel helps to educate her patients on how to stay active without pain. Rachel, welcome to Fit News today. Thank you for joining us to chat about back pain, which affects so many, as we said, 80%. That's a pretty large number. (laughs) Yes. Thank you for having me. Yeah. It's, it's been one of the biggest things they said. I think remember when we were first learning about low back pain in physical therapy school, it is like the leading cause, like billions of dollars yearly is spent on low back pain with treatments and surgeries. Like it is one of the leading causes of disability, honestly, in a lot of people. Right. So yeah, it's definitely a passion. I mean, if if you have not seen low back pain as a physical therapist, I, I, I mean, it's, I'm not sure where you're working. So. Right, right. Well, you know, and I can attest to it. I suffered many years from low back pain and that's how I met my physical therapist. And I'm so thankful for him. <laughs> he was a yeah. godsend because, um, you know, although I didn't listen at the time to him, you know, that's why the back pain continued. You know, it wasn't until I did listen and start the strength training and continue to get those physical therapy exercises in that, yeah, the back pain went away and I didn't need surgery. What I needed was to strengthen many yep. areas where there was weakness. Yeah. And that's what's so great what you just said, Jen, because I think what a lot of people think of, they think, oh, I have back pain. Like you said, you hear like I get a shot or I have surgery. And those are just really expensive band-aids. If you think about it, it's just something that it does, it does help your symptoms in the moment. And I'm by no means an anti surgery or anti-shot person. Some people need it. If you get to a point where you cannot stand up, then you need something to be able to tolerate movement. So I recommend that you need that to help get moving, but you can't let that be. That is not your solution. There is a reason as to why your back hurts. 
either how you're moving, weak in certain areas, compensating, you need to address the main issue to then prolong not having a forced surgery, not continuing to have back pain for the rest of your life. And that's where I try to teach people. It's my patients are like, listen, if I see you, you did have a surgery, like, great. Well, we'll talk about precautions of an after, but we need to really talk about prevention of further injuring yourself. Like why this happened? Where, what is your posture? Like what's your lifting mechanics? Like talking about your core, your exercises, your posture during exercises. There's just so much with back pain that you can really dive into to help people be able to continue then their life without recurring back pain all the time. Right. Right. Because so often back pain, uh, you know, it can be debilitating and Mm. it can be chronic. Um, yeah. And then many times people think that the only solution is surgery. And then they often avoid going to the doctor because they think that that's what the doctor is going to say or recommend that, oh, you have to do surgery. Is that what you have seen in your practice? I say, yeah, no, it all depends. All doctors are different, you know, but I will, I will say, Yes, you do. Cause it's a lot of, like I said, a lot of times here, if you want the quick fix, right? You want the pill. It's going to fix everything you want. You know, you want to lose 10 pounds. I'll just drink this shake to, you know, to lose weight. Like, and then right. once the quick, so I'll do a surgery and it'll fix my pain versus you need to adapt more of that a lifestyle change kind of thing. Right. So, because the surgery yeah. won't, might fix it in the short term, but if there yes. was a weakness somewhere, that yeah. weakness is going to continue to show up until you have fixed. Oh, that's, yeah. that's like it's, everybody. Yeah. It's like, if, it's just like I said, if I have disc issues, right? So they have disc issues. They have a herniated disc. It sends symptoms going down their leg. It's terrible. They go in, they have the surgery, they clip, you know, part of the disc or fix you know, it up and they feel great. Well, what caused your discs in the first place? How you were bending over? Were you continuing to flex your spine like continually? Like, were you do heavy lift for work? Were you not using your core? Because then, if you go right back into what you were just doing, I see people come a year later with the exact same thing with the next level up because it's just you're going to just continue your same bad habits and lifting mechanics that it's going to happen again. So, yeah, I agree. Like, what we try to teach people is when. A lot of our doctors do send them to therapy first to try. Like, okay, let's try some therapy first, see if you get any better. And a lot of them do. A lot of, I would say 70% who are in between and getting surgery end up four weeks of PT, don't need to continue having surgery. Because right. a lot of it is short-term symptoms, learning how to adjust your posture, use your core, you know, how you're, and then how you're lifting mechanics, a lot of times is the main things. And then that way it carries over and then, oh, wow. I don't have the pain down my legs anymore. I can roll over in bed. I can stand up longer than 10 minutes because it's just learning how to control your movements. Right, right. I want to go back to the discs because I feel like one of the misconceptions with back pain in particular is that all back pain is caused by some damaged discs, whether that's bulging discs, herniated discs. Um, Let's chat a little bit more about that. Um, One, how are they diagnosed? And what is the prognosis for most people with those, those um, you know, bulging discs, herniated discs, and so on? Yeah. 
So disc, yeah, disc can be a big thing of an, of an issue just because where they at the cushioning between the vertebrae there. So a lot of discs obviously are bulging back and as you get the nerve symptoms down the way, because as you bend your spine forward, you push the fluid in the disc back and puts pressure on the nerves that run right behind it. So a lot of people that end up getting those nerve symptoms, you know, because if they do a lot of bending over or, or lifting uh, kind of throughout the day like that, they'll get that symptoms going down their leg. And usually they feel, to diagnose a true, like most disc bulging, bending over a couple of times in a row increases your symptoms. Standing up and bending backwards a little bit, like up straight, makes them go away. That's telling you, I probably have a disc that is causing pressure onto my nerves. A lot of times it is, it's just managing your movement. So the muscles that attach to the spine around there can help stabilize your spine so that you can keep it more direct over top of your disc and not on one side where it's going to push that fluid back. So a lot of things like stability, core, glute strength, where your hips are too. We really do a lot of stuff with and teaching them how to move their pelvis. If you have such a tight pelvis and can't do a posterior and anterior tilt, think about that's just going to be hard for you to adjust your posture throughout the day in general. If you can't actually move your pelvis to help take pressure off your disc. Right, right. You know, and let's talk a little bit more about that posterior pelvic tilt, because I feel like a lot of women have a posterior pelvic tilt tilt and how does that affect uh, them in their daily life and in terms of uh, back issues and, and, and anything like that? Yeah. So a lot of, a lot of my women, I'm not sure when they were the clients that you work with, mm-hmm. when I have them start to stand and show me, you know, Oh, like, where's your pain at? And what, when it hurts, a lot of them stand and their hips almost tilt forward, like dumping like baskets. So that is more, I, that's a pelvic anterior tilt. So because you'll see the spine, their back is more curved. So you see a really big curve in their low back Mm -hmm. that is causing increased tension. Like you're an extension of your spine. So you're closing that area down back there and causing a lot of stress on your uh, vertebrae. So a lot of those women, when you do that too, you are stretching the front of your abdominals. So you're not using your core and you're putting too much pressure on your back. So I try to teach women is even sitting. If you're sitting, teach tucking your hips under. Or I think I sent you a video. I know you think you were going to share. It's a nice way to do it laying down flat on the floor and you're going to push your hips, your back into the floor. That is a posterior pelvic tilt. You'll feel the front of your abdominals come in and your back will get flat to the floor. And that's teaching pelvic mobility and increasing activation of your lower abdominals, which we don't get enough throughout the day. Right, right. You know, I'm always um, using the cue as we're going through our exercises too, to take notice, where is your pelvis at? And are you dumping the water out? Yeah. Because, you know, again, like you said, when we dump that water out forward, if we look at our pelvis as a bowl and it's holding water, we have to keep the water in order to keep the water in the bowl. We have to keep the bowl level. Yeah. And, you know, I do encourage them throughout the day when you're sitting in the car, you're sitting at a red light, you know, when you're, you know, on your computer working, when you're doing a zoom, take note, what's that pelvis doing right now? Because I feel like it is so easy to have that tilt and to let that water out. Oh yeah. Because of lack of whether it's core strength or, or what. Yeah. 
I think, I think you're, I think it's a lack of, like you mentioned, it's a lack of awareness. It's a lack of awareness of like how, what should it feel like, you know? So it's, you know, when you're like you said, when you're teaching somebody, showing them because it's like a light bulb moment for them. Like, Oh, cause a lot of people that do have that chronic low back pain, when they learn to do a pelvic tilt, it feels better immediately. They're like, Oh wow, that feels good. And like, yeah, you know, cause your body has, it's, you're not moving it in that direction. You know, like it's, it needs to be, you know, cause I said like that mobility, you know, and engaging those abdominals, like it likes, it likes to be in those neutral positions. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's just a matter of being present and in tune with your body's natural state and what it needs. And, you know, so often we're just going through our day, not paying attention to what our body needs. Yeah. And it's funny you mentioned with that anterior tilt. Uh, I know you mentioned to a lot of um, clients you work with, you know, that premenopausal or that, that 40 to 65, but a lot of my women that I saw with chronic back pain, ever since they had, you know, their, their kids, they, they were, when you have a baby, you're stuck in the interior tilt. You have a big belly up front, you have all that weight and they never learn how to get out of that pattern. It's, it's just like, Oh, well, ever since I had my kids, you know, and their abdominal weakness, their posture has just kind of maintained. And then it presents into this chronic back issue for them down the road. Exactly. Exactly. And it doesn't, you don't have to be, you know, your kid doesn't have to just be 10 months old. It can be down the road, way down the road. Oh yeah. Because what happens, like you said, is, you know, their body got used to being in that position and guess what? It never left 10, 15, 20 years later. And now it's really the pattern. And now because of that overuse, if you will, in an improper position, now the back pain becomes more chronic. It's daily you know, it's worse and worse and worse. And they can't figure out, well, what did I do? I didn't do any, you know, I, yep. it's, it comes to a point like you're, you're chasing pain then. Cause uh, you know, like at that point, it's like you've chronic in back, but then you start having some hip because of how your mechanics are, some other, some knee pain. And now you're just, you're just chasing, you're chasing, well, taking care of the ache here. What happened first? What's going on? Right. So, right. Yeah. yeah, it does. It creates this web of other pain elsewhere, as you said it doesn't, you know, it moves out from, from the the back to the knees, to the hip, you know, yeah, it's all, it can be all encompassing and, you know, they might fix one and then they don't, they, then it pops up somewhere else because they still have that weakness that wasn't addressed. Yes. I know that one of the top misconceptions that is often um, felt with back pain is that exercise should be avoided with back pain. What advice do you have for people who say this, you know, who say, oh, bed rest is best for your back pain? Oh, nails on a chalkboard. I know, right? You know what's so funny? They came out with research that 70% of people with back pain got better just with movement. It didn't matter if one therapist gave them three different exercises and the other one, they would get better. It's movement. It's a lot of people, I said, rest and, you know, rest is best. No, that is not something that I do not. I adapt. Like if certain things are bothering you, I will change how we're doing them, but I will never tell somebody, well, yeah, you should just, just do nothing. Like, no, our bodies are meant to move. Like your spine is meant to move. It's just, you have to do it safely. There are certain things that you have to just be aware of. So Oh yeah. I feel that from patients like, Oh, I was told just to sit down and do nothing, you know, and it'll get better. I'm like, 
you know, I'm, I'm not quite sure who told you that, but that is, that that's not the philosophy that we're going to be going with. And, right. Yeah. Right. There is a uh, red flag, right? Well, and I, and I know just from my own experience with back pain that I did feel a lot better as I was moving, mm-hmm. you know, now did I have to change the movements I was doing? As you said, yes, have to make modifications, but the pain was always worse when I was just sitting, like if I was, if I had to sit on an airplane or sit in a car, that's when the pain was always worse. So yeah. this idea that, oh, I have back pain. I shouldn't do anything. Woe is me. I should just sit and, you know, on the couch and eventually it will go away. Right. <laughs> no, oh, no, no. No. I said, yeah, learning. I said, it's just even simple stuff. Like the woman that I treat, you know, when you have, you have such bad back pain, I feel bad because they feel like they have no other solution. They're like, I know I can just, I need to lay here with my heat pad and not move. It's the only thing I can do to get comfortable. It's like, okay, well, let's, okay. I'll use, let's use heat. Let's do the pelvic rocking. We do small stuff just to get your body aware of what's going on. Cause a lot of it, honestly, chronic low back pain goes back to like the nervous system. It is hypersensitive. When you have chronic back pain, and I feel so bad for them. And they were like, oh, they think I'm making it up. No, like you have real pain. Your body has just been sensitized that you are more hyper aware. So we need to find ways to teach your body that it's okay to move. And then that's when we kind of do slow graded movements of like easy stuff and build up slowly because their body takes it as may have such pain. Movement is danger. I don't want to move. I'm going to tighten up and make this worse. So there's ways of teaching you like, you don't want to do nothing. You have to just learn what's best for you in the moment and slowly progress. Right, right, exactly. Um, You brought up an interesting point about heat. So let's chat Mm -hmm. about that um, because I think there is also a lot of confusion for many people when to ice and when to heat. Yeah. What are your thoughts on, on those? And is, I mean, is it individual? Yeah, it's so up in the air. My go-to rule of thumb for people always, obviously, if you have an acute injury, like if you hurt yourself, like, you know, um, I know it's not for a little back, but like sprained ankle, if you hurt your ankle and it's swollen like a balloon, ice for the first, usually 48, 72 hours, and Mm -hmm. then you can just alternate what feels good. I tell people if there's a certain area of your body that you're unsure of heat or ice, as long as it's not an acute injury, then the first like two, like two days, touch it. Does your back feel really hot? If your back feels really hot, you probably already have inflammation to it. I would probably throw on ice. If you touch it and it's more like, oh, you know, it doesn't feel any different then you can, you know, pick, maybe do some heat. Heat usually is best if you have more arthritis type pain. So if it's really stiff, like first thing in the morning, if you like hot showers, getting in hot to water right. feels better to them. And if it's more overuse, like I've worked all day, my back feels really sore, then I would probably ice. That's usually my go-to. Research-wise, there's been nothing of like, oh, always heat if you have this or always ice. It is patient preference, but also listen to your body. If it feels like it's overworked and sore, ice it, stiff, throw on some heat. Okay. All right. Great advice. Dr. Rachel, do you have any other advice for ladies with low back pain? Uh, no, I think like I said, the biggest, well, I guess the biggest thing I just said is just keep moving. Walking mm-hmm. is really, really good for backs, you know, like just keeping moving. And when you do walk, I tell people, encourage, use your arm swings. You should be swinging those arms to help counterbalance. Um, 
moving. I said, you'll share. I have some simple three exercises for some low back pain. That's just for mobility. Uh, biggest thing is staying mobile and stay strong, you know, okay. make sure you have the mobility and then build on to strength. Wonderful. And where, uh, where can we find more information about you, Dr. Collins? Yeah, I have a website. It's, uh, drrachelcollins.com. Um, so you can go ahead and, uh, see me there. And then, I mean, I think I can put my information up anywhere, but yeah, I have a website there. You can also email me at contact at drrachelcollins.com. If you have any questions, I am here to educate. So I also have an Instagram account. That's a Rachel Collins RCPT that I share information weekly, a couple times a week on tips and tricks on back pain, pelvic issues, women's health. Okay, wonderful. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Dr. Collins. We appreciate you coming on to teach us all about low back pain and how to get rid of it and keep it out of our lives forever. (laughs) Thanks for having me. All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Fit News Podcast. I'm your host, Jen Shaver, and I'm on a continuing mission to help you stay strong, healthy, and happy. A special thank you to our producer, Noah Martin, and Retrospection Multimedia. Tune in to the Fit News Podcast every Monday to get your tips for living your best midlife. These episodes are live streamed weekly in our Facebook group. Be sure to comment, like, and subscribe to Fit News Podcast for your weekly health advice. To join the Facebook group, visit strongforlifefitness.com.